Live Love Month. Um, I am so thankful for Ryan and his missions team. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday, we, I was talking to a new friend up at the 6K walk, and she said to Ryan, um, you just did an amazing job putting all this together this, this whole month. And Ryan quickly said, oh, no, no, no. Um, I didn't put all this together. I have a mission team that does it. So there's some, I know some of them are in the room, yeah. uh, but there, we have a volunteer mission team that has put all of this together with, with Ryan's leadership. I'm so thankful for the way this is all coming together. Now, yeah. remember what Live Love is all about is it's not enough to just think about or talk about love. It's, it's just not enough. Like, we can talk about it all day, and if we never actually love other people in practical, tangible ways, the truth is we really don't love them. Mm. And so Live Love is an opportunity to experience, uh, to practice, uh, to experiment with acts of love for other people. So week one, we're through yeah. week one. Tell us how it Crazy. went. Crazy. Um, so we, we had a, like a four different events from Feed My Starving Children events. Um, we were at You Mom one night. We did Mana House yesterday, some donation stuff. And then we had a World Vision 6K we have walk some yesterday. pictures. Yeah, we have some, some pictures. pictures. Um, but just such an incredible week. Um, for one week into it, we have uh, we've had roughly 85 plus unique people that have served in this week alone, which is so so awesome. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. yeah. Um, it, we, we even have like like the the pictures of the kids. How awesome is that? Uh, so we got an email from a, a, from a mom that said, our kids are ready to live love today at school. Uh, and then uh, the two kids on the bottom, those are my kids. And so s- selfishly, I'm like, here you go. Um, and so, yeah, but so, so awesome. Um, if you volunteered over the last couple of days, thank you. Just yes. know that, uh, that because of you, we are able to expand the kingdom of God. And um, just so so incredible. And so that's, yes. that's week one. Yeah. And 85 people week one yeah. uh, served, which is just incredible. Yesterday, uh, there were a number of you that were at the trailhead and we did the 6K, which is about the, the, the length that in a developing nation, kids and, and, and people have to walk to get yeah. clean drinking water. And uh, what was awesome about this is that we had two groups, one group that wanted to run and one group that mm-hmm. wanted to walk. And so Ryan asked me to lead the group that ran. Right, right. And I didn't listen very well to right. the directions. Right. And so I led our team astray. Right. So we went further yeah. and higher on the mountain than we were supposed to go. But we all made it, which back, is good news. Yeah, we all made it we back made alive, it back. which is yeah, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were nowhere close to the trail. I know, um, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah, thought, I, I thought I had heard what you said. And Run as far as you can, as fast as you can. Yeah, and something like back. that. And, yeah. and, um, yeah. and then somebody commented on, so should we never follow our pastor? Right. He'll lead us astray. Something like that yeah. came about. And um, then someone said, well, it's not the first time. And yeah. we lost. Okay, this week. So this week, we don't have a, a 6K this week. But what are the no, opportunities thankfully. this week? Yeah. yeah, this week we have on uh, we, we have an, some more Feed My Starving Children events that are happening. Uh, yeah, you, Mom, on Tuesday. Uh, this read to me, if you've never done read to me, it is incredible. Uh, we're going down to you, mom. There's a bunch of kids that live there, and while their parents are going through classes uh, and being trained some life skills, we get to hang out with these kids and just read books to them. Unbelievable. It's so awesome. We still have some spots available for that. And so uh, we, we need yeah. about six more people, yes, right? About six people. Uh, and so if you're in for, if that sounds like you, 
that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, Tuesday night, 6 o'clock. It'll take about an hour or so total, and it, it, it's unbelievable the, the way that you get to invest in these kids. Uh, Wednesday morning, we have a Feed My Starving Children event. Uh, we have some spot, just a few spots available for that. And um, I got an email from some of the people who went Friday night um, to our last event that said, this was so, so awesome. Thanks for setting this up. And so if you've never done this uh, and you have some time Wednesday morning, go. Yeah. Just go, go and experience it and see what it's like. Uh, then Thursday, Hope Women's Center dinner. Uh, we're going to hang out with, these, with the women and the families uh, who call this place uh, their, their community center. And so we're going to serve some dinner, hang out with them. We have some crafts these for are, the kids. These are women who have been abused and yeah. uh, set aside. So yeah. just a great opportunity to love on some people who, who need right. to see a little bit of love uh, yeah. from some people. Only a couple of spots left there, I Yeah, think. a few spots left for that, just yeah. a few. Uh, and one of the things... I'm going off script, sorry. One of the things, I I read something this week from... Kind of like I went off path. Right, right. See see how we're doing this. For you, Mom, I received an email from you, Mom, that said um, one in three women in Arizona are considered abused. Hmm. One in three. I mean, I read that, and I was just blown away. And so to be able to go down to the Hope Women's Center or you, Mom, and invest in these women, I mean life-changing. And so uh, that's going to be an awesome event also. And then Friday, we have a golf tournament. Uh, more than just golf. The, this is so much bigger than this. We're going to, um, the, all of the money that comes in from it is going to go to some of our um, partners building community centers, which is going to be incredible. And so if you've not signed up, tomorrow is the last day to sign up to get your money in, to get your foursome together. And so make sure that you do that. Don't miss out on this incredible uh, golf tournament event fundraiser as well. And then Saturday, Hope in a Future, um, they have, there's a work day for them where they're taking um, all of their supplies for their summer camp, uh, taking it out of this storage facility and taking it to their offices. And so we need some help with that. We're getting a U-Haul together um, and we're going to load it up and take it over. And so if you have muscles um, or if you don't have muscles and you want to help, that's fine too. We'll, we'll find something for you. Uh, but that's Saturday. Um, get signed up for that. Another incredible thing. And then the last thing, next Saturday evening, afternoon, we're going down to Manor House again um, to uh, serve some dinner. We're going to have barbecue. Who doesn't love barbecue, right? Uh, and so we're having that. It's going to be great. And so there was a group of us that went down to Manor yesterday, and we were cleaning out the donation facility. And there was actually, at the very end of our time, a guy came up who is a resident there, and he started like going through all of these clothes. And just to see... For, for myself personally, and I'm sure for our team, but just to see how what we did, how, like how it matters and how it's imp- impacting people and affecting their lives was so awesome. And, so, so, and, and, and here's the deal. I know sometimes people go, well, I, there wasn't really an event when I could serve. I think you've heard we've got a lot of events, right, yeah. across the week. So there's a place for everybody to jump yeah. in and be a part of Live Love. And if, if you don't find one, then let us know. There's other ways we can help you right. get connected to one of these places, and we would love to, to make the connection yeah. there. So um, this week, I wanted Ryan to help us, and we're going to talk through this a little bit. Um, sometimes we don't get to, to see who and what we are supporting globally. So I'm going to do a quick uh, look at what we're doing globally, what you're doing globally to further uh, God's kingdom and the partners that we have. And so I have a list of partners, and... Um, Ryan yeah. knows about some of these, and I know about some of these, but these are our ongoing partners. And uh, here, here's a, a piece of this that you need to know, is that every time you give to McDowell, 
Uh, we give away 10% of everything to further these kind of missions globally and locally. So we don't take everything that, that is given in partnership with us and spend it here on the ground. We actually pass on at least yeah. 10%, uh, if not more. So Heart for Lebanon, I visited uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, I believe. And, and uh, in Lebanon, they have been inundated with uh, refugees from Iraq and Syria. Mm. And what Heart for Lebanon does is works in the refugee camps with families um, and, and tries to help with kids' education. They've started three schools to help these kids who are coming from out of the country uh, to be educated because at this point, when they get into refugee camps, all they can do is work. And so they want to help educate them. They want to help take care of some medical needs, a um, number of things going on in, in the, the camps. So Heart for Lebanon, At Home Paris. Yeah, At Home Paris uh, is another organization that we partner with. Uh, it's, it's a church, actually. Um, Samir Salabi. Uh -huh. Salibi? Salabi? Close. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Uh, Samir. He, <laughs> Samir. Yeah. Just, yeah. Samir. Let's go with that. And so he, he is a, he's a pastor there in Paris, and he has seen um, that there is a, a massive amount of refugees that are coming into Paris as well. And he has created or started this church that is um, in the neighborhoods where a lot of these refugees are going. And he's making disciple after disciple after disciple. And so what he is doing is awesome. Yeah. Teaching them language, like helping them get um, acclimated to the, to the area and helping them find jobs and languages. They, and I wish I had a picture yeah. of this. This week, they are celebrating baptisms in Paris of refugees right. who have accepted Christ for the first time, right. maybe never heard of Christ, and are going public with their faith. Yeah. Is that unbelievable? It's, it's yeah. incredible. And um, I heard Samir, I was talking to Samir, and, and he said to me at, 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 this, uh, at this conference that we were both speaking at uh, in Europe, he said to me, he said, Matt, it's interesting to me because the church across the world prays for opportunities to share Christ with others, uh, to, to be a light in the dark world, and then when we're inundated with refugees and things that are uncomfortable to us, we just try to get away from it. Mm. And he said, I'm in this city in Paris where all these refugees are coming in and the church is trying to hide from it. I want to be on the front lines. Yeah. I, I want to see that as an answer to prayer. And I want to jump in and show these people the love of Christ as much as I can. So we partner with Samir, which I love. Yeah. Food for the Hungry. Food for the Hungry is a, it's a local organization, like started locally here in Phoenix, but then it kind of goes all around the world. And we've been partnering with them for years, 10, 10 plus years, years yeah. yeah, 10 years um, down in the Dominican Republic. And we have a village down there uh, that we've been walking alongside of for a number of years, uh, Oyo Oscuro. And we go every single year down there. Uh, this year, the spots are full. So maybe Can't next go. year. Right. Yeah, sorry. Pink Door Berlin uh, is helping women uh, exit prostitution and human trafficking in that part of the world. And they do an amazing work with those women. Yeah. Uh, prostitution in Berlin is legal. And so you can imagine the difficulty uh, that they have in trying to help these women see a different kind of life that is possible. And so uh, they have a home, and I think they're looking at, at buying a farm yeah. as well to help these women uh, exit that, uh, that profession and, uh, and move into something better for their lives. So we love Pink Door Berlin. And then Three Worlds Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Three Worlds Europe uh, is another awesome organization that's just doing a lot of resourcing and development for different churches and young pastors um, all around Europe, um, North Africa, and the Middle East is kind of where they are, their hub and where they're working mm -hmm. out. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And, and, and we want to just further God's work there. We know that the church has kind of moved into this post-Christian world in Europe. We want to help the church come back right. and, uh, and work with young pastors there. So Three Worlds is awesome. And then we have some missionaries. Now, I know this is a lot of information, <laughs> but aren't you thankful that we don't, we're not just focused here in our local neighborhoods, but we're doing things around the globe. Yeah. So real quick, um, some missionaries around the world. Ken and Kelly Oldham are working in Egypt, and they, they live in Cairo, which is a very difficult place to do ministry, doing amazing work. Mark, uh, Mike and Heather Webb uh, are in transition right now out of Africa, and they're headed back to the United States, um, but we've been supporting them, love what they're doing, right. uh, and, and how they've been working to bring together churches. Um, and then yeah, in Costa Rica. And a then, new, uh, yeah, a new partnership. Abby and Jason Torgerson, they're actually here today. They're here. Right. Crazy. Everybody look around and see look. if you can find them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. They're back here. They're back you here. You see them. Oh, there they are. All yeah. right. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, they are right. Yeah. Uh, they are doing an incredible job all throughout Latin America, so like Mexico and South, just connecting churches, connecting leaders. Uh, I got to go down there a couple of weeks ago, or last month, two months ago, but I got to go down there for uh, a couple of days and see all of um, the impact that they're having just in Costa Rica, and it's incredible. And so they're, they actually have a table out in the lobby uh, next to all of the water. Um, and so after the service, go and meet them. Go, go talk to them. Go hear about what they're doing uh, because it is, it's crazy, and we, we can't wait to start. Crazy um, awesome. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> awesome, yeah. Uh, we can't wait to start um, um, participating uh, with them yeah. in the work that they're doing in Latin yeah. America. Yeah, and then Kelly and, and Rhonda Phillips are, are, are working in Berlin. They run the Pink Door, but they also work with churches across Germany and, uh, and, and help bring them yeah. together. So we love supporting them. Uh, I'm so thankful for all of our partners. Now, here's the deal. I read this this last week. In our culture, we can become so obsessed with the spectacular. Mm. Aren't we obsessed with the spectacular? Like the big, huge, like for example, talking about Berlin, where prostitution is legal. Um, thousands upon thousands who are in prostitution, we love the idea that thousands would step out of that into something better, right? We love the spectacular and something big and amazing. Pink door, five women at a time, just five. And it's easy to look at that and go, oh, like, but I want something like spectacular. Let me tell you, for each one of those five women that are in that home right now, that's, it's spectacular. Yeah. So what if God calls us to be a part of what's ordinary or mundane, what we would consider uh, not that big, not that impressive? It's because everyone matters. Every person matters. And, and we are called to, to take steps that, that help each one in a healthy way enter into the kingdom of God. It's one of the things I love about missionaries is that so often uh, what we see in missionaries is not, it's not spectacular, it's not, but it's the daily work of seeing God impact a region, a city, a village, a family. And that's what we want to be a part of. Uh, so what, the, the passage we're going to focus on today is found in, in Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bibles and you want to open up, you can. If you have your phone or device, you can get on there and follow along. It's going to be on the screen as well. We're going to work a little slowly through this. And I want to begin with the first part of this verse that says this, don't just pretend to love others. Don't just pretend to love others. Now, here in, in our culture, it's easy for us just to pretend, isn't it? And I don't mean just love. I mean anything. Um, 
I, every now and then I get the opportunity to go golf. I love to golf. It's something that's so fun. And recently someone said to me when I like first showed up, it was before I hit a ball, they said, wow, you look like a good golfer. And I said, it's easy to pretend. It's, it's easy to pretend that you know what you're doing. It's, it's easy to have a shirt and shorts to look a certain part. It's much more difficult to actually do it. And, and Paul, writing to this young church, like followers of Jesus like us, he says, don't just pretend to love others. Don't just give lip service. Like, really love them. Like, love, in another translation says this, love from the center of who you are. Now, this word love, I think, is pretty difficult for us in our culture. Like, we've kind of lost it a little bit. Lo- we say love about everything, you know. I, I love my wife. And, and I love tacos. Mm. So, you know, like we've kind of lost like what love really means. And so what I want us to listen to and, and watch just for a minute is uh, I want us to watch a video from the Bible Project, which is actually another one of our mission partners. Uh, they put together videos that really help us see the Bible as a unified story. And they help us understand words and concepts at a deeper level. So the sound isn't great, I know, because of our our issues. But can we focus in and and listen to how love plays out scripturally in the Bible story? Are you with me on this? Are you with me? Are you guys with me over here? Okay, here we go. Uh, Love. Here's here's what love is. Expressed by your love for people and vice versa, they're inseparable. And so this makes it clear that for Jesus, agape love is not primarily a feeling for someone else that happens to you, like our phrase, I fell in love. For Jesus, love is action. It's a choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. 
Jesus also went on to teach that genuine love for God and others means seeking people's well-being without expecting anything in return, especially from people who are in difficult situations who can't repay you even if they wanted to. According to Jesus, this kind of generous love reflects the very heartbeat of God. And he took this even further. Jesus said that the ultimate standard of authentic love is how well you treat the person that you can't stand. Or in his words, you shall love your enemy and do good to them, expecting nothing in return. For Jesus, this kind of enemy-embracing love imitates the very character of God himself. Now, we wouldn't be talking about Jesus still today if he had only said things like love your enemy. This is how he actually lived. Jesus was constantly helping and serving the people around him in very practical and tangible ways. And he consistently moved towards poor and hurting people who couldn't benefit him in return. He showed love for the forgotten ones, the people who usually fall through the cracks. And when Jesus eventually marched into Jerusalem, he made himself an enemy of the leaders of his people by accusing them of hypocrisy and corruption. But then instead of attacking his enemies to overthrow them, he allowed them to kill him. Jesus died for the selfishness and corruption of his enemies because he loved them. After Easter morning, Jesus and then his followers claimed that it was the power of God's love for the world that was revealed in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As the Apostle Paul put it, God demonstrated his own agape for us in this. While we were still sinners, the Messiah died for us. Or in the words of the Apostle John, God's own agape was revealed when he sent his one and only son into the world so that through him we could have life. And for John, then, this leads naturally to the conclusion, beloved ones, if that's how God has loved us, then we ought to show love for one another. So Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe is a being overflowing with love for his world, which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out to others, creating an ecosystem of others-focused, self-giving love. And that's the New Testament meaning of agape love. Oh, come on now. Isn't that good stuff? Like, to see... To see how it all kind of fits together in, in the path from uh, Hebrew, the Old, the Old Testament, uh, into Aramaic, which is what Jesus spoke, and then into Greek, which is what they wrote in that first century, uh, and then into our language, and we get so confused by love. So live love is about this idea of, uh, of, of what they express there, that we want to seek the well-being of others, especially those who are set aside by our uh, culture and our societies without expecting anything in return. That's love. And each one of these uh, opportunities that, that Ryan and the team have put together are about doing this, seeking the welfare, the well-being of others when we can't get anything in return. That's love, agape love. Now, the question... Um, the, the question that kind of falls in, into my mind is this idea of um, Jesus oftentimes leaned into certain people who did not have much or those who were sick or those uh, who were poor. Uh, my, my question is this, do I see those who have been set aside? Do, do I see those who are, who are poor or those who have been marginalized? Am I paying attention enough 
because in our culture, we tend to separate ourselves from all of those situations. And so, uh, I, you know, misery loves company. So I'm going to share with my question with you is, do you see, do you see those who have been set aside by culture? Do you hear them? Do, do we even have the opportunity to go to the places where, where Jesus went, not in the Middle East, but here in our neighborhoods, all around us? Are we paying attention enough to be able to seek the well-being of them? Does that make sense? Are you with me there? Yeah, so do we see them? Now, uh, then in, in Romans, Paul continues on. So he says, don't just pretend to love others. Like, really seek the well-being of others through, through, through things that you do. It's like seek their well-being without expecting anything in return. And then he says this, hate what is wrong, hold tight to what is good. Hate what is wrong, hold tight to what is good. Now, that, that's a great passage of scripture, isn't it? Um, I think in, in, in American culture especially, and I would say this is our tendency, is that we usually change that word, um, hate who is wrong, and take sides with who we think is right. Now, come on, I thought there would be some, something there, like some like, ooh, like some uncomfortable, because we tend to, to, to set up people into different uh, areas, and, and we tend to hate, and, and, and usually in a verbal way, hate those we think are wrong, don't we? Or we think are evil. That's not what Paul says. That's not the teachings of Jesus. And so it says, hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Like, hold on. Unite yourself with what is good, is what Paul is, is trying to get across. Now, in our world, there's so many things that we, we, we pinpoint and we say we want to hate these different things. Let me give you a few good things to hate. You came to church and you're going to get some good things to hate. What about that? Let me give you a few good things to hate. Here, here are a few things. 1.2 billion people in our world today live in extreme poverty, which means they live on less than $1.90 a day. 1.2 billion people in our world. One out of every seven to eight people live in extreme poverty. Now, if you're like me, you like to rationalize that away, don't you? Well, other parts of the country, $1.90, that's not that big of a deal, really. I mean, in another part of the country or another part of the world, it doesn't cost as much as it does here. So we kind of rationalize it in, in our minds. It doesn't matter where you live. $1.90 a day is not enough to live on. And they live in extreme poverty. 30 million people, and I know stats aren't everything, 30 million people are in forced labor or trafficking situations in our world today. 30 million people are forced to do things against their will for the good of someone else. They're forced into those situations. 80% of those 30 million are women. And 40% of those are children. Are you with me? Like that is what we should hate. I mean, in our country, we hate so many things. And, and then you see on a grand scale, like what's going on? 660 million people have no access to clean drinking water every day and have to walk at least a 6K to get any water that we probably wouldn't even put in our mouths. And we can walk over to a faucet and turn it on every single day. Like, we should hate that. That should move us 
to do something in love. 800 million people in our world uh, live with food insecurity, which means they're not sure where the next meal is coming from, or if one bad thing happens, they will not have another meal. And it's easy to think about that in a, in a global scale, but the truth is, in our country, one out of every seven people live with food insecurity. So it's all around us. Are there some good things to hate in our world? Yes. People aren't one of them. The issues. There, there, are, there are plenty of things for us to hate. So hate what is wrong. Hold tightly. Unite yourself with what is good. Those things, those people, those organizations that are working to make a difference, the people that are in these situations stepping in to do something about it. So then Paul continues, so love with genuine affection. And this word love here is a different love word. It's uh, phileo, which is uh, kind of brotherly love. And so it's like, like family with genuine affection. Like put your arm around them. Like, like pull them in with you. Never be idle but rather work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. And then there's this little triad that he throws in here. Rejoice with hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Like that's some southern preaching right there. <laughs> Rejoice with hope in all things. Rejoice with hope, be patient in trouble, and just keep on praying about it. Like that's good for us. When someone's in need, when, they're, when, they're, when there's someone around you that, that has a need, be ready to help and always be willing to practice hospitality. Op open yourself and your family and your life to, to others who are in need. And then, here it is, don't let evil conquer you. And this is the one I want us to memorize today. Don't let evil conquer you, but rather conquer evil by doing good. Right. So uh, I think we can do better at that. Let's try it again. Don't let evil conquer you but conquer evil by, by doing good. Now, that's what live love is all about. It's, it's by conquering evil in, in doing good. Now, here's the question that, that I walk away with. Um, what can I do? Do you ever have that, that thought? Like when we hear these things, like what can I do? Uh, I was listening to Eugene Cho, who's uh, a pastor, uh, leads a great organization, and uh, he said, this is the wrong question. What can I do? Because it puts us at the center. Like, what can I do focuses on my abilities, my strengths, my, my own. And he said, we just need to replace it. What can God do through me? And it puts God at the center. Like, what can God do through you? What can, what can God do through me? Which has nothing really to do with me other than just being willing to go with the flow of where he leads. Are you with me still? Yeah. Uh, our friend Bob Goff, don't you love the crazy guy that is Bob Goff? Love does. Uh, he says this, I used to be afraid at uh, failing the things that I thought were really important, that really mattered to me. But now I'm more afraid of succeeding at things that just don't matter. Yeah. I I'm more afraid of succeeding at those things that just, that just don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Hey, I want us to be a church that, that loves well. And when I say loves well, I mean, I, I want us to, to seek the goodwill of the people in our cities, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools. Uh, and I don't want us just to talk about it. Hey, 
um, let, me, let me jump into this with us. I want to love well. Don't you? And, and when I'm honest, when, when loving well costs me something, money, time, effort, um, sometimes I don't really want to jump in. I don't want to seek someone else's goodwill when it costs me a lot. Anybody with me? Come on. Somebody? But love, the love that God has had for us and, and shown for us through Jesus Christ, like pulls us into a place where we're, where we're willing to lay down our, ourselves for the good of others. Love is about sacrifice. It's about seeing and listening and then doing. Not in an effort to, to put ourselves in the center, but to see God's kingdom grow, this life of love for others. Can I tell you I love our church? Can I tell you that I love you? I'm so thankful to be a part of this community because we're on this journey. We're learning to, we're learning to love, yeah. It's not easy, I know, but it's, it's a good path to be on together. Would you stand? We're going to sing this last song. Um, and as we sing this, I just want you to think through this question. Like, what, what can you do to live love this week in your house, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your work, in our city? God, thank you for loving us and uh, for sending Christ to give us an example, to be the example. Uh, the, the picture of Jesus on the cross saying, forgive them for they, they just don't understand what they're doing right now. Like, that's a picture of love. For your enemies. Help us, help us to love uh, in a way that seeks the goodwill of others without any desire to get anything in return. God, breathe life into us and help us to breathe life into the world around in Jesus' name.